This is the Spirit of Leading. Your guide to becoming empowered to lead. Competent, confident, and connected. Someone who can and will make a difference in your workplace, your family, and your community. Did it ever occur to you that silent and listen are spelled with the same letters? Hello, I'm Garland McWaters, and welcome to this episode of The Spirit of Leading. I published a blog post that said, no one ever wins an argument. Now, why do I believe that? Because when people are arguing, they're simply not interested in listening. You know, they just want to change the other person's mind or win an argument. There's a vicious cycle of argument and counter-argument, and I believe that that's actually counterproductive to dialogue and collaboration. Because, you know, no one is really listening to the other person's point of view. In this podcast, I want to address how we can still hold on to our convictions and engage in collaborative dialogue through listening in the spirit of leading. Stephen Covey popularized a line from the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, and that line says, Make me an instrument of peace. Grant that I may not so much seek to be understood as to understand. Well, Covey turned that phrase around a little bit to say, Seek first to understand, then to be understood. But why is it so difficult to listen, to seek first to understand? Now, I kind of believe it goes back to one of our most basic survival instincts, which is to prevail over any form of aggression or an adversary. Those dangers can be physical or emotional or even even intellectual. In human history, as we socialized, we grouped up into tribes for mutual safety and security. And when we got in those tribes, we sought out people who were similar to us before we would you know, go, join up with them. We wanted to make sure that they wouldn't hurt us. So we tended, as we grouped up, to kill others who were not like us. We'd kill first and ask questions later when we crossed paths with those who were, you know, strangers and we thought probably might be harmful. We perceived them to be a threat and we just clubbed it out. Now, over time, we've changed. We've become more sophisticated, at least in our weaponry. Today, our battlefield is ideologies, belief systems, that we express through our opinions and our arguments and our debates, and we've nationalized our belief systems in a sense, or we've made them into ethnic ideals or religious ideals and so forth. But however, our exclamation points have all too often been bullets and bombs, or at least it's evolved to that. It seems like our technological evolutions over time have just been better ways to kill people who aren't like us. You know, we define ourselves by what we believe to be true. Our perception literally is our reality. It's all in our head. That being true, ideologies are naturally going to emerge. But we must be aware that how we interpret what we hear is filtered by those belief systems or those ideologies. Now, here's the subtle kicker in this idea. Intellectually, we cannot be self-contradictory. 
in a sense, to do so, to be self-contradictory, would sort of be like self-annihilation. I am not. But, you know, we say, I gotta be me. I am's what I am's. And whenever we start defining ourselves, we say who we are. I am a Christian, or I am a Muslim, or I am an atheist. I am a Baptist. I am a Methodist. You know, I am whatever, fill in the blank. I am a conservative. I am a liberal. I am a progressive. Whatever ideology we identify with, we say that's who we are or what we are. And so it's very natural that we think of who we are and what we have to be, but it's a very subtle in the sense that what I believe is who I am. Literally, what I believe about myself is actually who I say I am. That's my identity. I work hard on it every day. I'm very confident about my, my personality and my identity and who I might be. And sometimes, you know, when we're kind of lost, we're, we tell ourselves, well, I've got to find myself. I'm trying to define myself, find out really who I am, what I stand for, and what I'm going to be. It is literally our identity. The innate need to be right in our beliefs is central to our survival of who we believe ourselves to be. So when I say I am, I'm saying this is me. If you're saying I'm wrong, well, that's an attack. Even though our opinions are by definition subjective, that is, their personal interpretations of what I believe to be true, they are in a sense absolute, concrete, and right in our minds and our hearts. And this applies across the board, regardless of what your belief system actually is. Anytime you argue with me or attempt to force your ideas onto me, you are in essence demanding that I go against who I actually believe myself to be, who I am. And to tell me I'm wrong is to attack my identity, and I'll fight you to the bitter, bitter end. Therefore, when you tell someone that they're wrong about something they believe, those are literally fighting words. Empowered leaders listen before launching out in a direction. U.S. President Woodrow Wilson in his time said, the ear of the leader must ring with the voices of the people. Now here's where this gets complicated. There's a huge difference between listening only to the voices of the people you agree with and listening to the voices of all those, even those who are way outside your belief system. And when you poll your interest group to find out what they're thinking and then parrot back to them what they want to hear so you can keep favor with that group, well, I'm not sure that's leading. That's not what I would call leading. I think it's more like pandering. It's uh, playing to their own sense of who they are and agreeing with that and tell them that you're one of them and you're going to protect them and that the rest of the world is dangerous out there and we have to fight them. Well, you know, I don't know. There's other words for that too. Some call that demagoguing. But I at least believe that uh, it's, uh, it's looking to others for what they believe, and then you decide you're going to believe that, or you do believe that, and you pander to that in order to remain in favor or keep your leadership position there. It's a very subtle thing, isn't it? But when you strive to listen to all the disparate voices, and in so listening arrive at an understanding of all their needs and their perspectives, and from that, fashion some kind of a direction or a message that takes into consideration the greater good, and then champion a common purpose and a set of ideals that show the way 
to someplace better for all concerned, then in my book, that's what I mean by being an empowered leader. Empowered leaders cannot afford to hear only what they want to hear and disregard the rest. You cannot solve the problems if you're the only one talking or if yours is the only voice that you hear. And from my experience and in what I see in the media today, that is all too common. I am simply not interested in a leader who just wants to hear himself talk, talk about what they believe and how the rest of the world is, you know, out to get us or uh, we're intolerant of other people for whatever reason we come up with and whatever justin we come up, justification we come up with and we draw, drive wedges in between us and the rest of the world or us and other groups. It's us versus them, us versus them. We've got to be afraid. It's a, it's a crazy world out there. If that's all they're leading... I'm not interested in that kind of leadership because I don't believe that, that leadership is actually really sort of listening to the greater good to help us really get to a better place. Empowered leaders do not raise their voices to talk over those who differ. Instead, they get quiet and they listen to understand so they can work through differences so everyone can find space to live peacefully. Eleanor Holmes Norton, who represents the District of Columbia in the U.S. House of Representatives, said that the only way to make sure people you agree with can speak is to support the rights of people you don't agree with. That's a very different perspective from telling everyone else to sit down and shut up and to listen to what you have to say. Dialogue is the sound of collaboration. And I'm not talking about debate where you're only interested in winning a position or argument. I'm talking about dialogue, sitting down and listening and taking time to understand. People of different ideas and ideals and perspectives and beliefs seeking to understand by listening and opening their minds and hearts to the diversity of mankind. This simply means that everything you know and believe to be true must always be open for adaptation. And being strong means being flexible instead of being rigid. We're capable of changing our minds, but not out of force or coercion. We will change our minds when we decide it's in our best interest to do so. We will change our minds when we learn for ourselves that opinions we hold are no longer consistent with our own experience and our knowledge. When we change our minds, we will change our actions to align with those new ideas and understandings and opinions. Yet, we do not perish. We evolve. When someone says, I'm through listening, you know things are only going to get worse from there. I've heard the expression all my life that someone who stands for everything stands for nothing. When I first heard that, I thought, boy, that's the strength of convictions. I think I heard it in church or someplace like that. But to me, once I began really watching and thinking about this, that kind of thinking actually makes dialogue difficult because if we dig in our heels to our own opinions at the exclusion of all others, we don't have a chance to really understand. That's a backhanded way of saying that anyone who is not opinionated and rigid in their belief is actually weak. And of course, nobody wants to be weak. And so therefore, it's better just to fight than to listen. Voltaire said, think for yourselves and let others enjoy the privilege to do so 
too. So I'm not advocating not thinking for yourself. In fact, I'm doing just the opposite. I'm saying think for yourself and don't just listen to the people who say, okay, you got to be this way or it's no way. Think for yourself. Explore. Find out. Be sure of what you believe. Know why you believe. And seek facts and information that will give you a sense of confidence in your belief. Because I think when you don't have confidence in your belief, that's when you just uh, that's when you just sort of bow your neck. That's when you just arch your back and, and get rigid and say, well, it's this way. It's this way. I don't know why, but it's just this way. You know, opinions are simply a statement of our understanding at the time. Opinions in themselves are not facts, but we act as if they are. So now we're back to our beliefs. And if it's my belief that no other belief can be allowed to coexist with mine and that everyone must believe my way or else perish, then we're saying we're just not interested in listening. I'm through listening. And then we're doomed to a life of anger and frustration and hostility. But on the other hand, if we allow others their beliefs and we can find a way to at least live in peace with them, We won't have to be shutting off the world around us. Because being tolerant does not require us to agree. It only requires us to allow others their beliefs without feeling like they're out to get us. Because they're not. They're really just out to find their own peace and joy. That's not to say that there are others with different agendas who use belief systems as the leverage to wield their own quest and thirst and hunger for absolute power. That does happen. But not everybody is that way. Some people follow along because they don't know how to think for themselves, or they don't, or they're they're convinced that they're too afraid to, that the world really is out to get them because they're listening to those rigid hate mongers who use their belief systems as hammers. Being tolerant does not require us to agree, only to allow others their beliefs without feeling like they're out to get us. My quest is to encourage empowered leaders who look for ways to make the world better for all through listening, understanding, and mutual respect. Not only tolerating differences, but enriching our own lives by seeing the richness of living in the diversity abounding all around us without fear of losing our own identity. Indeed, allowing others to grow and adapt does not mean ceasing to be who we are, but it allows us to become all that we can be. For me, I stand for listening to understand, and I believe that's something worth standing for. Well, thanks for listening. Don't miss out on future episodes of The Spirit of Leading. You can subscribe to my blog at empoweredtolead.com, and you'll get a notification in your email when a new podcast is available. You can also listen and subscribe on iTunes or iTunes Podcasts and on Stitcher. So I invite you to go forth in the spirit of leading. Live each and every day by encouraging the spirit, enlivening the heart, enlightening the mind, and enlarging the expectations of living in yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters, and in the spirit of leading, I encourage you to live empowered.